closing time. Conversations on commercial real estate, development, brokerage, and the economy. Presented by Capital Rivers, the leading disruptor in commercial real estate. Our host for this episode, Brian Bushlack. Hey, Greg, thanks for joining us. It's been a while since we've done a market update, and I want to start with industrial. You know, originally this was driven by Amazon, but there are so many other retailers out there. Uh, Not only last mile, but, you know, all the stuff that's going in, what out there by the airport, it's a crazy sector right now, isn't it? Yeah, Brian, industrial continues to uh, remain incredibly strong and, and, uh, you know, I would have thought that we would have seen it kind of level off, but we really haven't. You know, particularly here in Sacramento, you know, vacancy rates fallen another 1.4% despite an additional 5 million square feet of new product on the market. And it's not just the Sacramento area. I mean, we're seeing this everywhere. And, you know, as we've talked about previously, a lot of it has to do with, you know, kind of last mile distribution and the Amazon effect, which continues to to be relevant. But, uh, you know, at some point, I think it's got to it's got to kind of max out. But we're we're not seeing that yet, which is surprising. A good thing for the the overall economy, particularly here in Sacramento, e- e-commerce is still the driving force. You know, Amazon recently announced that they were going to add an additional 855,000 square feet to their current facility, which is out near the airport in the Metro Air Park project. And then they were also going to take occupancy of a 1.3 million square foot facility. So obviously Amazon is doing well, as we all know, lots of Amazon trucks driving around Sacramento. And uh, so, they, so they continue to be you know, a force to be reckoned with and take up additional industrial space. Like I said, both of those properties are in the in the Metro Air Park, which, which right now is the largest industrial project in in the Greater Sacramento area. You know, back in uh, 2020, Walmart opened a 1.1 million square foot facility out there. So, you know, Metro Air Park's been a project that's been in the works for a very very long time, and uh, now is the uh, the time for it to all kind of come together. And uh, yeah, it's 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 a little bit nuts, but yeah. Uh, yeah. but good for the overall economy. Yeah, you know, Sacramento is so well positioned, you know, geographically. I mean, you look at the price of real estate in the Bay Area and and penetrating that market. I mean, you're not going to build these size of facilities in the Bay Area. They're obviously maxed out. And even those close-in locations, they're extremely expensive. So, you know, you look at, at Metro Air Park as, uh, you know, tremendous location, obviously, for these retailers. And beyond Amazon and Walmart, you've got, you know, the Dick Sporting Goods of the world. You've got the Targets of the world. You know, they've really perfected this online delivery model now. In fact, a couple of them releasing, uh, you know, recent earnings reports, and they've, you know, due to COVID, really perfected this. And that's probably what's driving a lot of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Sacramento is uniquely positioned in the fact that it's at the convergence of multiple freeways. You know, it's fairly close to the Oregon border. So, you know, it's kind of in a unique spot, especially from an industrial standpoint. And like you mentioned, you know, in the Bay Area, there's, you know, they don't make more land. The land is what it is. So a lot of the industrial space, you know, it's tenants leaving and, and new tenants backfilling that space. You know, you're not seeing a lot of new construction. So Sacramento, which had this, the Metro Air Park project, was a logical spot for new tenants and, and users to to locate. We're also seeing the same thing in the Central Valley. 
they've got adequate uh, industrial space available. And so you know, the logical move is for, for these uh, users to go down into communities where there's industrial space. And so that's the Sacramento and then the spillover effect is, is down into the Central Valley. Now, how is retail doing? I mean, it's been an interesting time, and I guess it depends on the location, uh, you know, who's in that retail, uh, a lot of factors here. Maybe give us an overview of retail. Yeah, uh, retail is interesting. In Sacramento, and for the most part in, you know, all over, retail remains strong. The whole Delta variant is kind of the wild card here, particularly with, um, you know, in California, at least, you know, there's been a lot of discussion over, you know, mandatory vaccine checks, you know, where you've got to either have a, your vaccine card or, you know, a QR code in order to, you know, go into retail establishments. California Retailers Association has been, you know, lobbying really hard to exclude retail from that vaccine requirement. But uh, we'll see what the impact is on retail. I mean, obviously, you know, COVID had a major impact on on retail across the board. You know, some some retailers were able to thrive; others, you know, really really struggled. And right now, in fact, there's Assembly Bill one one zero two that is being reviewed. You know, and on the uh, state legislature, you know, it's got a lot of things in there. We're talking about mandatory vaccines and yeah, you know, the impact on uh, you know employers mandating employees, you know, be vaccinated and things like that. Haven't gone through it in in detail yet because it's fairly long, but, uh, you know, perhaps that's something that we can kind of touch on later. But the the bottom line is with COVID and and these various uh, variants, you know, it's it's touch and go in a lot of respects, you know, particularly with certain retail uses like health and fitness, entertainment, restaurants, things like that. But generally speaking, you know, Sacramento it has has remained really strong in the past, you know, 12 months. There's been over 480,000 square feet of new product that's come to market. You know, vacancy rates are hovering right around 6.3% on average. You know, but even lower vacancy rates for for high quality class A retail, outpacing the historical averages in the Sacramento region, you know, around 8%. So you know, with vacancy rates being lower than than historical vacancy rates, uh, and then rents have also you know grown about three point four percent from the prior year. So you know, so that that's all great for the uh, retail sector, and uh, I think we're going to continue to see demand. People still are shopping and you know wanting to go out and socialize, even despite the Delta variant. So. I think we'll continue to see an increase in in retail demand. You know, I think what's also been really interesting is looking at the net lease market, you know, the investor market. There's a lot of capital floating out there. Those folks are needing to place that capital. A lot of them are 1031 exchanges. And, you know, as a result of the COVID effect and, and construction projects being delayed, there's not a lot of supply, but there's a lot of demand. So, We've been seeing cap rates at, at an all-time low. I mean, historical lows. We've got a couple of development projects, you know, that we've got out to market right now. And we performed on one of them a, a five and a half cap. And we've got an offer at a five cap, which is phenomenal for us. Surprising because we did not expect that. But, you know, I would say, you know, for a high quality net lease investment, 
the we've seen probably a 50 basis point decrease in cap rates from January, February until now. So so the net lease market remains strong, especially with, you know, interest rates still uh, being low. Yeah. Interesting time in retail. That's I mean, you know, it's it just I think we all feel the same thing. There's a lot of fatigue out there, right? People are just, you know, I know the Delta variant is going crazy out there, but people are just they're, they want to, you know, so badly to move on from this, and yet we can't, you know. And it's it's such a such a tough yeah. time, and you know, so many restaurant tours out there, people in hospitality, many friends of ours. I mean, kudos to them for everything they've done. I know you got so many clients in that that sector um, who have just become creative and done so many things to continually keep up with this and stay in business. I mean, that all by itself is a story. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm part of a uh, CEO group here in in Sacramento and we had a meeting yesterday and uh, we were just kind of talking about, you know, we talk about our our business and how we're doing and, you know, everyone's doing great. I mean, business is is great for for everyone in our group. But the factor that that remains a challenge is just how to deal with, you know, COVID and the, the political impacts, the the legal requirements that are just quite honestly a mess. You know, the the county has different requirements than than OSHA, than the state, and nobody knows what to do. Everyone's just kind of over it. So, you know, I think the bottom line is people just want to get back to work. They want to run their businesses and and you know really want to kind of put COVID in the in the rearview mirror. But mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately I think we're at the mercy of of uh, you know things that are larger than than what we can control at an individual level, particularly in the retail market. You know, I I wanted to touch on a couple of things that we've noticed, which was a little bit surprising in one regard, and that's that there's been quite a few large leases that have been signed, which you know is not a shock, particularly because the uses are you know grocery and sports equipment, so. You know, a couple of examples, Sportsman's Warehouse signed a new lease for 40,000 square feet at Laguna Gateway in Elk Grove. As we all know, COVID uh, pushed everyone outside and, you know, it's impossible to buy. You go try to buy a bicycle right now and it's like six, eight months out, yeah. um, you know, the, the supply chain challenges. But, you know, they signed a new lease, Rancho San Miguel, which is a, a Hispanic grocer. You know, they signed a lease for 51,000 square feet in, in Oak Park marketplace sprouts they signed a new lease for 23,000 square feet in Stone Creek Village out in Rancho Cordova and I would expect that we're going to continue to see news on the expansion of Amazon fresh markets so you know the grocery sector remains very very strong yeah which is a great sign because that you know other smaller retailers like the you know the salons and the you know the sandwich shops and the nail salon and the deli and you know all those types of uses follow grocery the daily needs so yeah so overall that's a, that's a good sign for the for the future retail and uh, I remain optimistic you know at least in the in the near future yeah my dad managed the grocery store for 30 years and it was always steady business as he said people need to eat right they need to eat and they don't <laughs> want to get all their groceries you know mailed to them they want to be able to you know go select their produce yep. and you know their meat and so i mean that, i think that's why you see amazon opening grocery stores right yep. and why they bought whole foods and so uh, you know i still remain um very bullish on 
you know, grocery anchored centers and, you know, grocery kind of still remaining the, the anchor for, for retail. No, I am with you. Um, and I'll use myself as an example here. Full disclosure, yesterday, I just took a break during the day, went to Costco, the grocery store, you know, just to get a break and, <laughs> and get out, right? And, you know, my wife's like, you want me to do that for you? I'm like, no, I actually would kind of like to do this. You know, it'd be, be good for me. <laughs> so yeah, Funny you mentioned that because um, when we have to make a Costco run, I'm, I'm always the first to volunteer and my <laughs> wife hates it because... You know, uh, I'll spend way too long in Costco and come out with way too much. But uh, it's because it gets, you know, it's it's an experience. You get out, you get, you know, you just need that 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 interaction and being in a store. <laughs> I mean, there's just something about it. You know, yeah. you kind of, it's convenient to have a bunch of boxes show up at your front door from, you know, Amazon and whatnot. But there's something about that instant gratification of going to a store and being able to pick it up, you know, that day. Now back to business. Um, <laughs> office. As we digress. As yes. we, uh, <laughs> office. And this is an interesting uh, time as well because, you know, uh, Mark Benioff from Salesforce recently came out and I thought this was really interesting. You know, they had forecast that people would want to return to the office and he's saying, you know, no, we actually underestimated how many people want to stay home, you know, post COVID, how effective they are. And, you know, and Benioff says that, and they just built the Salesforce Tower in downtown San Francisco. I mean, you take notice, right, when somebody like that, who's that plugged in, says something like that. So, you know, what's your read on this in terms of, you know, stay at home, back to the office, or some sort of a hybrid, right? Yeah, I mean, this is a tough one because, you know, I kind of just have to go with my my gut and, and what I see in my personal opinion. You know, I think there's a lot of factors at play you know, in terms of, you know, who is the, who's the employer, right? Are they a creative firm? Are they a task oriented type firm? You know, where are they located? Are they in San Francisco? Are they in Sacramento? You know, I think all these factors have an impact on whether or not an employer is going to have their employees come back. And then also on productivity, I think, you know, if, if it's a more creative company, that collaboration and interaction uh, amongst the employees is critical to you know success, and so you know, I think those groups are going to look at you know how do how do we get our people back together, you know sooner rather than later. And I, I do think we will see some hybrid models where it's work from home for a couple of days and then come into the office and collaborate, and you know, and then we actually talked about this in my CEO group the other day. Is office culture is struggling as a result of this whole work from home? you know, movement, it's nearly impossible to have office culture when you're, you know, sitting at home by yourself, you know, you can't have culture over zoom. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's, that's going to have an impact on efficiencies. And I think that, you know, some of these larger companies aren't maybe seeing that yet, but I have a feeling that they're going to feel the impacts of that. And for smaller companies, you know, they're able to compete with the larger companies because they have a better company culture you know, they might not be able to pay the same or have the same benefits as some of these larger companies, but the culture is what, you know, draws employees to want to work there. And so my gut tells me that, you know, we're going to see people coming back into the workplace, particularly in, you know, areas like Sacramento, you know, where, you know, we have a pretty strong, you know, downtown core and, you know, you've got a lot of people that live out in the suburbs where you can get, you know, a little bit more affordable housing, but 
know, they need a break from their from their uh, home office and the yelling kids and everything else. And I mean, I can speak for us here at Capital Rivers. We're all in the office. Of course, if somebody's not comfortable because of COVID, then you know we'll make accommodations. But we're just so much more productive. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm pretty pretty bullish on the future of office. I, I think that that we will see you know, a change, which is inevitable. I think there'll be more of a hybrid environment. I think that, you know, office space will, you know, likely probably shrink uh, a little bit to accommodate that. But I think a good testament to the future of office is, you know, just recently the Ziggurat building in West Sac, which is kind of an iconic building here, you know, sold to Gnome Capital for $90 million, which is a pretty big, tra- you know, office transaction. You know, granted, the, the building is leased to the California Department of General Services, but somebody that's willing to take a $90 million chance and buy a building, you know, an office building that's leased to a state agency uh, in Sacramento, I, you know, I think is a good, good sign. Yeah. You know, they, they believe in the future of, of office in Sacramento. So, yeah. plus, you know, the other thing is the uh, asking rates have remained flat. I mean, we're not seeing, you know, rates go down which is really a good sign, you know, because landlords aren't getting overly desperate, particularly, you know, smaller spaces, smaller office buildings, you know, 20,000 square feet or less, you know, there's still demand for those. So the Delta variant situation might kind of slow things down a little bit, but, uh, you know, I'm pretty optimistic that towards the end of the year, first part of next year, assuming no, you know, crazy additional variants or, you know, things that I, I not, we're not aware of yet uh, happen. You know, I, I think the market, the office market, you know, has a pretty good future. Now, that's good to hear. I mean, good points there. It really is going to depend on the business, what business they are in. Uh, a lot of factors, you know, I bring this up because I talked to a, a CPA in the Portland market. It will also depend on the market. So a little off topic here, but you know, he said with everything that's happened in Portland, downtown Portland particularly is dangerous, right? Their lease is coming up, pretty big firm. And he said, you know, we're out, right? And their plan is to relocate to suburbs. So they're still going to have office, but probably kind of a, you know, a hub and spoke model, right? Where they have a, you know, a a suburban anchor and then perhaps two or three, you know, small pop in, pop out kind of offices. So, I mean, it it really is going to depend, but the collaborative piece I think is so critical uh, for a lot of these tech firms, creative, creative people, things like that. I mean, and I could see people, you know, gradually migrating back to this, like, okay, hey, Monday's Friday's home, you know, and then we're going <laughs> to we're going to collaborate on Tuesdays and Thursdays or something. And, and you're going to commute in at, you know, 10 a.m., not, you know, 7 a.m., all of that to kind of graduate people back to the office. Right. I mean, if you go cold turkey, you might lose some people. Yeah, I, I, I can agree more. I mean, you know, if, if your job is, you know, to answer phones all day, you know, the call center or something. I mean, that probably makes sense that you could still do that at, at home, although I could see the arguments the other way. Um, yeah. You know, you got the kids screaming in the background or something. But, you know, from the conversations in my CEO group and, and here at Capital Rivers, you know, the the creativity and the collaboration and the culture, you, you just don't get that unless you're in an office together. So, Well, the focus, too. I mean, you know, you've got focus. two small kids. My buddy's got small kids. And it's like you can either close a deal or... 
or build the Lego set, right? And we all love to build Lego sets. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm me more than anybody. But, Absolutely. you know, you got to get the deal closed first. And kids don't often understand that piece, you know? No, no. which they shouldn't. <laughs> they shouldn't, um, no. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, bottom line, I, I feel pretty good about office. Um, I mean, we bought an office building downtown. So that'll tell you, you know, how, how I feel about it. There you go. Well, always a great conversation. I mean, overall, to sum it up, things seem pretty positive. I mean, there's a lot of what if out there, right? I mean, there's so much debt. We've discussed that on this podcast. Uh, what happens with interest rates? Is the Fed going to taper? When are they going to do it? What's going to happen? It sounds to me, though, to put a positive spin on this, if you know, if they taper relatively in, in mild fashion later this year, and, and when rates rise, if it's slow and steady um, there's no big you know shock wave here um, you know that debt can be refinanced gradually and we can work our way out of this I know that's the hope for everybody right yeah of course and, and you know I'm always you know being a developer you know and being fairly conservative you know cautiously optimistic so you know I'm, I'm always looking at things like you know the the uh, employment rates and you know, just trying to kind of keep a, a pulse on what's happening. And so I, I think it's important to, you know, not bury your head in the sand and just assume that everything's great. Cause there's, yeah. you know, there are a lot of, a lot of crazy things going on right now, you know, with COVID and then with Afghanistan and, you know, with the recall of our governor here in California. Wildfires, you know, wildfires, you know, I mean, you know, our kids school was canceled today cause their quality was so bad. So you know, all these things do have some impact on commercial real estate, you know, so it's just like being aware of them and, and, you know, trying to understand how they might impact, you know, the future, but there's positive things too, right? I mean, yep. I was talking with, uh, you know, Tilton Pacific, who we just recently did a podcast with. And, and as a follow-up to that, he sent me an email and he said, Hey, you know, good news. It looks like, you know, lumber costs are coming down and, so we're seeing that too, right? Which kind of balances, you know, some of the other things. So, you know, it's a time where I think that you just need to be um, you're constantly aware of what's going on and, and be able to adjust and adapt quickly and pivot, but it also creates opportunity. So you know, it's kind of, kind of exciting times, <laughs> which yeah. is kind of a weird thing to say, but yeah, I, I feel good about it. Well, if you like adventure like you do and you're creative, I mean, it's a great time, right? I mean, you can roll with it and figure things out. I mean, if it's somebody that, you know, is averse to that, then, you know, might be time to pack it in and, you know, <laughs> hide out for a oh. while, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, for an entrepreneurial, you know, company and group like ours, it's an opportunity, right? Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm down with it. <laughs> I'm down with the chaos. Thank you for downloading Closing Time, presented by Capital Rivers Commercial. If you're interested in partnering with us, visit CapitalRivers.com to learn more. And follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram for the latest updates and real estate opportunities.